Ladies and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WYLK. Ah, yeah, we're just we're skanking in the studio. A lot of plaid going on yeah, there. <laughs> black and black and white checkers. checkers. Yeah. God. Um. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a flashback to my my youth days when uh, I used to wear Jenko jeans and all those. Yeah, my, uh, I was a big ska fan. Uh, Gene, my our good friend Gene Philbin, we were we were doing stuff before, and Gene and I had Freddie make fun of us for that one because. That was our youth, you know. That was the time, late '90s. That was that was going back to all this when uh, ska was breaking. Everyone thought that was going to be the big thing, but uh, we're talking all things ska, not the music today. We are talking ska brewing company from Durango, Colorado. Get there. Uh, we're going to be talking to brewmaster Thomas Larson later on in the show uh, as we're working through some of their great beers. A really phenomenal brewery, uh, very very loyal following amidst them, and as you can probably guess, they have a very good ska theme throughout all of their beers. Uh, but before we get into anything, let's tackle some beer news about what's going on this week. Uh, now, one of the things, now, former guest on the show, Doug O'Dell from Odell Brewing Company, they made an announcement this week that they have sold 19% of the brewery's stock, now wait for this one, to the employees. So amidst all the things that we've been hearing, they have not sold out. And the actual quote, I will read it to you verbatim because it really sums up, you know, when Doug was on, he talked about being a regional brewery. They wanted to be part of the community. This is the exact quote when, once everything happened was, the craft beer industry is changing dramatically, and we have seen several of our friends and neighbors selling their companies in whole or part to major brewers and private equity firms. While these options are more lucrative than the one we chose, we believe that the people who built Odell Brewing Company are the best ones to lead us successfully into the future. So kudos to him for doing that. I mean, that that's really stepping out there and uh, believing in your brewery. And, and when we talked to him, you really got that vibe from him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just seems like it, exactly what you just said. They say they want to be a regional brewery. They don't want to be big, and they want to kind of grow within themselves and to sell to their actual employees. This is putting more money where your mouth is. Yeah, I mean, and we've seen that before. There's a couple other breweries that have that that setup with everything. But just in the midst of where things have been going, to, to see that where you know, a lot of breweries are kind of going for the money, which I understand. At the end of the day, we've talked about on here before, this is a business. you got to keep that in mind. As much as we can become fanboys about things, we have to understand it's a business. It's not a dot arc. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's got to be something they want to be you know, profitable in the end. And this was a great choice for them and, and really fits in with the ethos of that brewery. And they make damn good beer, too. I would have to say that because... That's kind of important, too. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they really know what they're doing with that. Now, another thing. This is an interesting one. Now, I'm going to... I. I do not have a strong uh, tongue in the Danish language, so I'm going <laughs> to attempt to say Uh-oh. this. But there is a festival called the Roskilde Festival. I don't know if the E is silent or not, but uh, now what they're doing, this is this is a very interesting thing. They are trying something called beer cycling. Okay. They are going to be collecting urine from their festival goers, uh, giving it to the farmers to then use to fertilize barley. Which they will then be putting that beer available in 2017. So they're they're just starting all this now. So they're gonna then ship it back and have a, a urine-inspired beer. I don't know. It's kind of one of those things. They're they're trying to be, uh, I guess, hippie. I don't even know what to say. How to? But uh, you know what? Here's here's my two cents on it. You can skip the whole thing if you're gonna go for urine beer and. Uh, just try a Coors Light. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just uh, kidding. <laughs> it's, it, it feels like a little bit too much of trying too hard to be a little bit 
out there. I don't know. Yeah, and it's in the festival too. It's not like it's a brewery. I mean, I can't even. I think if a brewery did that, uh, they wouldn't publicize it. I would hope not, because yeah. you know, wouldn't really. You never actually know. Maybe <laughs> yeah. this has happened before. Yeah, but. that that wouldn't make too many people very happy with that one happening. Uh, now. In line with that, uh, as far as weird beer stuff, there's a brewery in Portland, Oregon called Oxbow Brewing. What they just finished up, it's not going to, it's not available yet. It's coming up, I think next year is what it was. It's going to take them a while to brew this. They have a lobster flavored beer. They actually dropped whole lobsters into the brewing kettle. So they said it's a very subtle uh, taste. But it's it's in there, so it's gonna be. I don't. I done. Not, there's no judgment. I'm just letting you know. That sounds like uh, they were hungry and meant boil and decided to cook. Cause I had a friend who actually uh, in a chente brewing out, out of Canada. They had um, uh, my friends uh, got hungry and they boiled some hot dogs and a. And mid boil, and then made a, 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 a made a, a pumpkin beer called Halloweener. So it sounds like kind of like one of those things going on. If it was in uh, Colorado or California, I would say maybe something else was going on when they had that great idea. But uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, so yeah, that's another one coming up. And now in line with that, we have some new beers. Uh, Stone just announced now their 19th anniversary beer. Every year they have those great anniversary ales that come out with. This year they have their Thunderstruck IPA. It's going to be all Australian hops. So it'll be really interesting because that's where you see a lot of breweries leaning now. They're going into Australia and New Zealand for those hops. They're, they have some really interesting flavor varieties coming out. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with how you know aggressive they hop a lot of their things. Yeah, they like their hops. So yeah, I'm so it'll be sure interesting how. to see them doing a West Coast <laughs> hopping schedule with you know Australian hops. Uh, Victory Brewing is going to have their Victory Vital IPA, and it's going to be in cans. They're, they've just now gotten into the whole canning thing as well, and Victory's really been killing it with a lot of their IPAs as of late. With the last few that have come out, double IPA-wise, they have picked up a very loyal following from that. And uh, a final one, Terrapin finally announced. This is one they kind of kept under wraps for a while. They've been working on this because it's going to be a lot of hype around it as it comes out, but they have a collaboration beer with The Walking Dead called Blood Orange IPA. So they have a, a collaboration beer with the show, The Walking Dead, and that's what they're, they're going to have, a Blood Orange IPA. They release the label, and they're going to start getting into more of the specifics as it comes up. But as of right now, that's kind of where they left it at. But it's going to be really interesting because as a big horror fan myself, I'm really looking forward to anyone that kind of incorporates those two worlds. I'm very happy with. And Terrapin, like, I, I, they do a lot of really awesome, unique beers, especially when they get, like, fruit into it and things they, they really know what they're doing and we hadn't we had spike on talked about all that it's they have a lot of really cool things so uh, let's get into beer so we we cracked open a little bit of the ska brewing company this is their first and this is their true blondale it's an american blondale 5.3 percent this is a style it's a really great you know kind of palate cleansing lawnmower beer type style it's very light and it's one of those styles that when you look around anywhere, a lot of people tend to poo-poo on it. And I think unfairly in a lot of ways as a style because it's not meant to be, you know, you go on these sites and everything that's over the, you know, beats you over the head with the flavor has the highest ratings. Yeah. And it's like, that's not, what happened to subtlety? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has a, subtlety has a quality all its own. Really nice beer. Absolutely a lawnmower beer. Like you said, you can crush it. I like, I mean, coming from Belgium, that's how I got into beer. I like Blondales. I like lighter beers and I like stuff like that. So this is definitely something I can crush. Yeah, and that that's really what it should be about, when, especially when you're doing these lighter styles. It's meant to be something that's not going to beat you to death with hops or anything. It should be all kept in check. It should have like a really light, almost like a cracker-like type 
malt, like just very light and crisp. And it's something you want to have on, on a hot summer day. And, you know, if you're going to sit down and have a six-pack, this is one you can do that with. You're not going to have any kind of palate fatigue going on. It, it's got all those wonderful qualities. I thought that was a great way to just kind of kick off all of this stuff, um, you know, just having this like a lighter beer. Cause that's where we usually tend to go is we start out with the lighter beers and work our way into everything. We're going to kind of mix things up a little bit because I want to be able to talk to Thomas about some Otis Hopperondi because that's one of the best IPAs that's out there on the market. And I really want to dive into them since we got the brewmaster on the phone. Who's better to talk to about that one? Exactly. But uh, no, this is just, I, I love a good Blondale and it's just one of those styles that I think is underserviced in the market. Like there's a couple of styles that you see like, you know, cream ales, things like that are just a lot of breweries kind of bypass them. But when they're done well, like I, I love a good cream ale. I love a good blonde ale because like you just, you need that sometimes to be able to not, you know, overthink, I guess we'll say like, let your palate overthink what's going on. You want something just kind of light and it's just, they're just styles. Like I love, I love when a brewery does it too, because it shows that they believe in themselves enough or believe in their brewmaster enough to let them do something like that because it's a style that can be so messed up so easily in like so many ways because you don't like we've talked about on here before it's a style you don't have a lot to hide behind it's it's it seems like with the whole i mean the ipa craze going on forever so it's not like it's you know dying down it's going to stay there but that's what they produced everybody was producing these huge hop forward beers and now they're starting to figure out okay we can produce these more drinkable beers and, and people like them and get into them so you're not just having this like you said beaten over the head with flavor so you have something you can drink more than one or five of yeah <laughs> yeah that, that, that's a, it's a, and it's something that really should be out there because you you don't want to have everything be barrel aged triple hop and whatever, I don't even know. There's yeah. so many things you can throw into stuff now. You, you want something a little bit lighter, but speaking of lighter, Ed. Yes. What do you, what do you think of this bad this boy? This is very good. Um, I have like, uh, excuse me, some honey sweetness in it. Uh, I'm getting some uh, maybe citrus hops in the back end. Uh, it's only got like 20 IBUs in it. Very good. Yeah, then that's what I mean. Like When you do a good Blondale, you should get flavor. I, don't, I want to preface that by saying it's light and everything. It doesn't mean it's it's flavorless. It's not uh, you know, water like some of the other beers we've made fun of on here before. There is flavor in this. Like I, that's first and foremost that you're getting some flavor. It's just very light qualities. I, I like flavor. Yeah, that, I'm a fan of flavor. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you want to make sure you get some of that in there. And speaking of flavor. Bad Boy Billy is here. Oh, look. I made it. (laughs) (laughs) Running in hot. Not even coming in hot. That's like uh, Inferno. It was Inferno. (laughs) 95 down uh, uh, AI-81. No, no, you would never speed. Come on now. Come on. Who are you kidding? (laughs) Yeah, so we are are kicking all this off. And as I said, you know, we're going to be talking to Brewmaster Thomas Larson, really getting into a lot of these beers. And and they have phenomenal beers. Like, that's what I love is showcasing some of these breweries that don't have a wide footprint that I really feel like a lot of people should know about. They might be overlooked in some ways because, you know, a lot of it is really just whatever on our shelf is what we're familiar with. Unless you're like the four of us in the room who kind of geek out and try to find things in areas that's not widely available and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Uh, but these are breweries that you, you need to know about because they, they are having an influence. Like We've had that on here before where when breweries are coming up with new recipes, they're trying other beers. Like when uh, Anchor was coming out with their IPA, they went and tried the Odell IPA, and they, they did a blind tasting of all these IPAs, and they tried the Odell and loved that one so much that that's kind of what they replicated their IPA on. And that's, that's going on. Maybe it's not widely publicized, but that's going on in all these different smaller breweries maybe you're not familiar with 
are having an influence on one another. So it's just, it's just as important to know about the ones maybe you haven't heard of in your backyard. But when you're going on vacation, I mean, especially now, a lot of people are going to Colorado for some reason or other. I don't know what's going on out there. And, uh, you know, medication. This is, a, <laughs> this is a great program to stop by. That was uh, exactly what I was going to say. It seems like Colorado is one of the most um, tightly knit beer communities, yeah. uh, not just in the country, but worldwide. And it's pretty cool to see them, you know, playing off each other, kind of talking to each other, brewing with each other, and just bringing out all these cool little beers and not being uh, jerks about it. Yeah. No, there, there's so much going on. And speaking of so much going on, uh, you know, we have our lovely sponsor, Gregos. They have a great collaboration beer. I believe they're tapping it this week. They did a collaboration beer with our good friends, Three Guys and a Beard. They have a blueberry wheat that they're going to have. That sounds ex- delish. Exclusively down there. So if you're going to have to go down there to Gregos, stop by and visit them. Uh, say hello to Eric and, and pick some of that up because it's going to be there this week and you're only going to be able to get it there. And it's going to be on tap. Can't ask for more than that one. And uh, speaking of can't ask for more than that, coming up after this break, we are going to be talking to the wonderful Thomas Larson, brewmaster from Scott Brewing Company, and really diving deep in with some of these great, great beers. So we'll be right back here with the Beer Geeks, WYLK. Sample comes with a 90-day order. Copays and deductibles may apply. Attention, catheter patients on Medicare. I'm a professional cowboy, and I use catheters. Been cowboying for 25 years. I've broken 14 bones, had two concussions, and a punctured lung. I know pain, and I don't want any more of it, especially when I cath. Now, I use these new nearly painless catheters from Medical Direct Club. They hurt less compared to the old ones. These ain't nothing. Here's how it works. You call and you get a free catheter sample. I was just like you, wondering if I should call. Boy, I'm glad I did. Give yourself a break from pain and try these new catheters. You won't know unless you try them. Give them a call now. You have nothing to worry about. They bill Medicare and your insurance company. You pay nothing up front. You get your free, nearly painless catheter sample sent right to your home. Call toll-free 1-800-500-7021. That's 1-800-500-7021. 1-800-500-7021. Call now. At Matthew's Planet Pre-Owned on Bernie Avenue in Music, we're always getting shipments of fresh vehicles. These are the best of the best trade-ins from five dealerships in upstate New York. And to make room for our newest vehicles, every Friday we reduce the price of up to 25 cars and trucks one more time before we ship them off to auction. It's called the Auction Pit Stop at Matthew's Planet Pre-Owned. And you can save thousands on these last-minute auction deals. Every auction pit stop vehicle is marked with its lowest price and the date it's going to auction. So if you see something you like, you'll need to act fast to grab your deal. And remember, every car and truck we sell is inspected and reconditioned to almost new condition. Stop by Matthew's Planet Pre-Owned, Bernie Avenue and Music, or visit us online at planetpreownedpa.com. It's a new way to buy a used car. Your dad is stubborn and living with pain because he heard nightmare stories about the recovery after surgery. Let the caring staff at Dunmore Healthcare Center put his mind at ease. Dunmore Healthcare Center offers a pre-registration program that allows you to plan for your rehabilitation prior to a surgery. You and your dad can meet with the physical therapy staff and have all questions answered so that the treatment plan meets your dad's needs. He'll get to see the kind of red carpet service they provide and it will 
will help motivate him to get home quickly and safely by working through his rehabilitation. Once he understands the kind of personalized care that Dunmore Healthcare Center will provide, maybe your dad will be a little less stubborn about getting surgery anyway. Schedule a tour today. Dunmore Healthcare Center. Personal attention. Proven results. For more information, call 570-505-5919. That's 570-505-5919. Or visit saberhealth.com today. C3I Healthcare Connections is now hiring for help desk, hardware, and logistics positions. With locations in Wilkesburg and Pittston, C3I Healthcare Connections offers full-time employment with competitive pay and room for a career advancement. C3I is a leading provider of IT support services to the pharmaceutical industry. Your first step to career success with a fast-growing company here in Northeast Pennsylvania is to apply online at C3IHC.com. That's C3I. That's the small letter IHC.com. C3I Healthcare Connections is an equal opportunity employer. Continuing with a theme. <laughs> We're having a good time. Kathy's in there dancing. We have everything all set today. It's a good day. We're diving into all things ska brewing. And speaking of ska brewing, we are now joined on the phone, the wonderful brewmaster from ska brewing, Mr. Thomas Larson. Tom, how are you today, bud? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. You sound lively and awake considering you're, you're a little earlier than we are. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's it's been a busy week, but that's how it goes. I got to be... I gotta be uh, Rested in Adam with everything going on here. <laughs> you got to be up in Adam. All right. Yeah. So before we dive into some things with the brewery, I want to kind of get a little bit of your personal history. So when did you first get into brewing? Oh wow! I started out in like '98, '99, washing kegs and uh, bussing and barbacking at a big brew pub in Denver, and then I was working at a. Then I was also for about a year I was working uh, the packaging line at Great Divide. Okay. Um, which and I think from them, there's probably only one beer, one or two of their beers that they actually still make from back then. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so now, what what made the transition for you into to brewing then? Like going from doing that, was it kind of you started apprenticing at one of the breweries or? Yeah, well, I said, like I said, I started out washing kegs, and so I I was doing that, schlepping away in the basement, um, cleaning kegs, and you know, finally um, got tired of waiting on. Um, customers at least on the front of the house and was like just put just give me more hours back here i'm much better here <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, where'd that passion come from that desire to kind of get into to doing that in the first place um, i know it was i've always been somebody who likes to you know likes to work hard and it equated in the whole thing i was like you're able to work hard and also have the enjoyment of enjoying your beer afterwards yeah. so that's that was that was kind of a no-brainer that's called immediate payoff my friend <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now when did the, the the transition start to where you wound up at ska like how long was that in between when you first started doing all those things oh so that was about 10 years into it i was oh. about 10 years in i'd been a head brewer for about the previous four years um when I was not working for a few months in the summer, and Sky was just finishing building their brand new building here, and they needed some help with the transition and moving 
from their old facility to the new one. And so they called me up, asked if I could come down and help out, and then they couldn't get rid of me. I kind of stuck around. <laughs> so they, they, uh, they come in, there's a cot in the back. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, and honestly, that's, that's a lot closer to truth than you would think. I was actually sleeping in the back of my truck in the parking lot for wow. the first few weeks here just because when we were moving into this building, I, you know, we were working from 5 a.m. until midnight, 2 a.m. So it was, it didn't make sense to drive anywhere to, to turn around in an hour and drive back. So I'd sleep in the back of my truck and come back into work. And we did, you know, did it that way for a few weeks as we were transitioning into the new facility. Wow. That is dedication. <laughs> so now the one thing too, I want to ask with, with the name, I mean, I know you weren't there when it first started. Was everybody there like a big fan of ska? You don't really see a lot of breweries named specifically in a genre of music. Is that well, true? Well, well, when you talk about the beginning of Scott Brewer, you're talking Bill and Dave, Bill Graham and Dave Thibodeau. So, if you if you're talking everybody into Scott music, yes, it was those two who started <laughs> Scott Brewing. I think that's, that's I, I think it was <laughs> but I think it was like you know they started out doing you know they were doing a lot of home brewing. They had, I think they had found Dave's father's brew log is how they figured out about home brewing. They were looking through brew logs and was like, well, where do you add the alcohol? It hadn't, they hadn't quite figured, they hadn't figured out the rest of it yet. Um, but they had, they had two rules when they did their home brewing. Um, it was, they had to listen to ska music and they had to finish the last batch of homebrew. Um, and the, the, their first labels, I think, if I remember correctly, you said, um, ska brewing company, Bill's Kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> now, is, so that, that's, is that a tradition that still stands today, having listened to ska music while you're brewing? Uh, it, that would be better than what some of these guys listen to, <laughs> but, uh, you know, because I'm not necessarily a fan of the uh, the bluegrass or the jam band, which a lot of people are now. And so, Well, you are in Colorado. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm in Durango, Colorado, so there's plenty of that. Um, <laughs> but... It, it, we certainly play it plenty, but it's not all the time. I mean, I'm, I grew up a little more punk rock and metal and, you know, 80s hardcore kind of thing, so I'll throw that on to scare the rest of the people sometimes. <laughs> oh, I, I feel the same way. I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> Preach it, brother. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. That's great, because that's just one of the things that's it's just unique to see, you know, a brewery going with that as the name, because, you know, with everything else, people usually go with the street they grew up on or, or some random thing, but to go for, I mean, hopefully, are they, are they still into it? Because it'd be kind of funny, because I know some of the stuff I listened to when I was younger, I kind of embarrassed about. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're they're definitely still into it. I mean, we've got our we've got our anniversary coming up on September twelfth and we have Mad Caddies and Real Big Fish playing. Oh wow, Mad That's Caddies cool. are still going too. That's awesome. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, yes, I mean they're totally still into it. They're they were certainly more of the I think it's referred to as the um, big into the second or third wave, not the yeah, that third wave, more that's punk what, rock. You have, not, you have two tone and third wave. I, I used to be a big ska kid. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll, I'll admit <laughs> that right now. <laughs> so that that's the kind of genre they were in. Like I, I prefer more of the punk rock kind of ska, mm. and they're not into that. Oh, so you were so. into skank and pickle and all those fun ones. I'll drop some names here. I don't care. I have no shame. Yeah, well, I, I never saw Skank and Pickle. I think it was Buck 09 was one of the oh, early shows yeah. I remember. Oh, we can reminisce the rest of this interview if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, when Scott Brewing first started out, like, what were some of the core beers then versus now? Are a, lot of the, are a lot of the beers that are still the core still the same, or have they kind of changed over time? Because, I mean, the industry itself has changed so much in that time as well. 
Well, yeah, I mean, yes, we do. I mean, if you if you think about it, I mean, I've been I've been doing this now for almost 17 years. Those guys, Scott has been here now for 20 years. We're having our 20th anniversary, right? And if you look at how the industry was, everybody, I, I want to say back in the late 90s, every brewery had the, you know, their obligatory amber ale and some kind of blonde or lighter-leaning beer, mm-hmm. right? Be, you know, you, I think everybody had an IPA, but it was more of a seasonal or a specialty, and the beer that was driving, you know, driving the momentum were, were those amber ales and those blonde ales. And so we still make our, you know, our red ale, which is Pinstripe, and our true blonde ale, which we've won, you know, a number of medals for with that one. Um, and so those are still some of our core beers. We sell more more Pinstripe and Blonde probably in Durango. And outside of Durango, it's probably, um, you know, all modus operandi driving our sales. That was my so, next question was what is, like, as far as sales go, is, is operandi your biggest selling from the brewery? Yes. Is, is, yeah, there, it, is there a percentage you could, like, think of, like, what that makes up of, of your, your total sales? Um, total, I want to say it's it's probably 40 percent 30 to 40 percent I, I mean I'm kind of pulling those pulling oh, those yeah. out um, just because uh, um, well, that's, that's, less, have that's less thing I remember yeah you're not gonna have that sitting in front of you as a brewmaster you know, that's you can care less you just know you're being told to make more of it <laughs> yeah I, yeah I just I just know that the majority of the beer on the floor is modus yeah. <laughs> so now one of the other things I wanted to ask you because one of the popular beers you guys had was 10 pin Porter and you retired that in 2013. What was the the reasoning behind that? Uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, I that was one that was a great beer. Yeah, um, and we'll probably bring it. We'll, we talk about bringing it back at some point, but it was also one of our slowest sellers. Oh, like wow. I probably, you know, over the last couple of years before we retired it, I probably only brewed that a batch of that once a year, wow. and it was just sitting on the shelf. So it wasn't it wasn't moving because we weren't necessarily known for our porter. Yeah, you know, even though it was in a, it was a great porter, that's not what we were known for. We were known for pinstripe and for modus, and you know, and probably decking in as well. And so that wasn't, you know, that was one of those things. It was a hard thing to do, but we at least uh, had a little fun with it and gave it a funeral and a <laughs> casket. Yes, I did see so, all that, which is awesome. That, so the, I guess the next version will have to be a zombie version Ooh. of Death Pin Porter. You're, you're going to tap into a whole different <laughs> region right there with that one. Yeah. <laughs> right. So now one of the other things you guys have that's come up that's really cool is you did a, actually did a collaboration beer with Real Big Fish, correct? Yes, we did. That was with that was us, Wincoop, um, and Real Big Fish. So that, that's, that's not out yet, correct? Is that coming out soon? My, no, that one. That one was. That one's already out. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, now, well, yeah. I, I couldn't find anything on that. I was trying to find something. It was. It was a one-off that the Wincoop did. We went. We went up and participated uh, okay. in the brew, but we didn't have anything to do with packaging or distribu- distributing that one. Ah, uh, so. okay. That's why I couldn't find anything. I was trying to search around to see because I saw the announcement about it, and then I couldn't find anything about like where what happened after. I was wondering wh- where it went, but that explains yeah, that one. Uh, they poured a, a, a bunch of that at the collaboration fest in Denver. Okay. I know that that was the debut of it, and from there, I do not know. Right, are you guys going to be doing anything else like that? Because I think I, I see that with a lot. Of, we've had uh, a friend of mine has Champion Brewing. They did a collaboration with like No Effects and Against Me, and he's got a b- bunch of other ones coming up. Like, are you guys looking at doing anything like that with with some of the more popular ska bands that are around? Has that been kicked around? Or um, I think I mean it's it's been thrown around only briefly, and and we don't have any plans as of yet. I think Real Big Fish is probably the first. Um, band that's really, uh, you know, one of the, those 
second, third wave ska bands that's actually putting together a big tour, you know, aside from the Mighty Mighty Boston's every once in a while. So I don't, it's, it's not been brought up to me. Yeah. As far as actually making something happen yet. Yeah, I know it's a little bit of a different thing because ska is kind of, uh, uh, I guess underground. We'll, we'll put it nicely. It's not nearly what it was for that. That they what do they call it? The summer of ska in the late nineties. That was the best that we could hope for. The summer we got a season out of. Wasn't it, it a week of ska? <laughs> yeah. No, no, just you. So, so now, where's the distribution at for the brewery? How many states are you guys available in? So we're in ten states and what? Three other countries. Okay, where where are you at internationally? So we sell a lot of Modus in Sweden. Another one. Yeah. That's, that's really, I, I love that. Swedes know what yeah. it's about. We, we talked about it on here before. Like, it was a lot of breweries that wind up going in Sweden. It's like really taken off for a lot of great American craft brewers. What well, is, like, we've been in there for, we've been over there for a few years now. Um, we became friends with our uh, distributor, Jorgen. We became fast friends with him. He's a kindred spirit with us. And so that was an easy thing to do. And I think, um, I mean, we, we just recently, I think it was last, I guess it was last year, we got moved into all of the um, liquor stores in Sweden. Wow. So that was, we send a, yeah, we send a fair amount. I want to say when we ship, we ship a container full of Modus. Wow. So that, is that the only one that you send over there then? Because it's just so popular. No, we send, we send a little bit of, uh, uh, a little bit of some others, but, but because Modus is in their system, their, you know, their government uh, run liquor stores, we send the major- a majority of that. Okay. What we said, yeah. Now, one of the things I like to ask for masters is to, to see. Now, I'm not gonna ask a favorite beer, but do you have a favorite beer that you brew? Whether it's you know the aromas that are in the the brew house that day, or just maybe it's less work or whatever. Is, is there anything you have? It's a favorite to brew. Well, I, I I would probably you know when we're talking about the system we have now, you know it's each brew starts off pretty similar, but I would certainly say that the probably the lighter grain build beers are probably a little easier overall um but we have such a system here that's dialed in it's kind of that doesn't hold a lot of weight and so it's it's kind of just rolling through them yeah i guess i don't i don't have a good answer (laughs) (laughs) hey you attempted that's all that matters (laughs) so speaking of great beers we are now enjoying the modus operandi which is the the beer that you know that this brewery is really well known for um when did this kind of when was the first time this was brewed so this was we let's see we first brewed that at the end of 2008 beginning of 2009 because so when we moved we moved into this new facility in 2000 at the end september 2008 that's why our anniversary now is september um and so we first brewed that one and actually i think i had to dump the first batch Ooh, uh, which what was not was not good but we did we we knew an IPA would be a pretty good hit. We didn't know necessarily know that it was going to be this big of a hit yeah. because we couldn't. We didn't have the capacity to brew an IPA until we got into this facility and we got um, and because we, we knew we were going to put it in a can. And we were up until we moved in this building, we were still using the little tabletop canner versions, right? Wow. And so it wasn't until then that we got the five head filler that we bought used from. Um, Oscar Blues, that we actually were able to do another beer because we've done ESB since 2003 in a can, and so when we put this, we knew we needed we knew we needed the extra capacity and the the new machinery to be able to handle doing an IPA. So that's why we waited, and then so we we came out with that in early 2009. 
Now, do you consider this more of an East Coast or a West Coast style IPA for you as a brewer? I just think it's a nice big American IPA. Um, Good answer. You know, I, I, I mean, I guess you know if you want to nickel and dime it, you could say it's maybe leans more towards the West Coast. Um, but I think, I mean, I, I think those kind of those narrow monikers are a little. Yeah, are a little dated now. I've always I, mean, said, I just my, think it's a big, strong American IPA. I've always said my favorite is what I considered Midwest IPAs. They're just right there in the middle, and you know whatever you want to call them, but they have <laughs> good maltiness and great hop balance. And like that's all you need. Doesn't matter where the heck you're brewing it, unless it's in your right? bathtub. Yeah. It's filthy, but I don't know. And basically, I was you know I was just going for a you know a big hoppy beer with just you know I use a lot of caramel malt in there, which you know. Mm-hmm. Apparently, according to the newer IPA book, we should use less of, which I still don't think so. Um, I think the caramel malt provides a lot of backbone for all those hops we use. So, now what, what hops are go into this one? So that's Columbus, Cascade, and Centennial. Oh, okay. That's it. Now, easy three C's. Yeah, Keep that's it simple. <laughs> no, and it's a great like spectrum too. With just having those thrown in there, it just really. Now, it, was that what it was from the beginning? That the same hop bill? Yeah. Okay. No, it's been it's been the same. I think. I mean, I was tasked to come up with that recipe by Bill. He because I as I came in in late 2008, you know, it was like okay, so we have anticipated us making an IPA. These are the hops that I contracted for make an IPA. <laughs> That's a lot easier too when you're putting it together. You can kind of work with a little bit instead of uh, completely out of the box. Yeah. <clears throat> So now you have a new one coming out too. What is it next next month? I believe you have a uh, Modus Mandarina. Mandarina, and that's just a twist. That's just a twist on uh, um, Modus Operandi. We did a um, a collaboration a few years ago where we added some orange peel um, and some Mandarina Bavaria hops on the uh, on the finish, and everybody everybody loved it. And it just took us a uh, I guess a little over a year to uh, decide we wanted to put it out full time. Sounds delicious. I, I was told about that one. I really want to try that when it comes out. So hopefully we'll get some of that to try. But uh, we are up against it as usual, Thomas. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time to give us a call. And uh, we're going to have to end this one now. But we really appreciate it. We have some more great beers we're going to truck through. But thank you again. And you enjoy the rest of your Sunday, my friend. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Ah, another good time. Another great guy. Good brewmaster knows what he's doing. A lot of fun. That's a delicious beer, man. Yeah. Oh, and this this is it's phenomenal. It's one of those beers that you see hyped up a lot. Like a lot of places are like going on about how great it is, and it's like you kind of get jaded after a while seeing that so many times. Like, yeah, I bet it is. And then you have it. It's like, oh, it, it is. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like throw the labels out the door, like you're saying, and just make a good beer, yeah. uh, regardless of whatever you want to call it. Just make it delicious. And uh, they succeeded. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's phenomenal. They have a really great lineup, which is nice to see they're doing. Some good sessionable type beers that they were they were doing before sessionable was the thing. They were just doing these really great beers, but they've also been able to tap into these really big ones. I wish we had some nefarious ten pin porter, which is absolutely phenomenal from them. It's a big imperial porter, but so many great beers from them. So many great things. And speaking of great things, we actually have a great giveaway this week from Ska Brewing Whoa. Company. And uh, we're going to do that now for the first caller. You, know, you got to be local. So those who are streaming online, sorry. You curse me out if you want. Uh, it's going to be local. So if you want to give us a call, we're going to get the first caller. Kathy will pick up. You're going to get uh, some hat, uh, some shirts, stickers, cozies. Is that what that big box is over there? Yes, it is. Wow. That's what's in that's- the box. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're going to get a lot of great a lot of great things with Scobber and Company. So give us a call now. Uh, 1-800-437-0098. 1-800-437-0098. Kathy will answer. First one through. Wins this. It's all yours. And I uh, just got a thumbs up, so whoever called in, <laughs> congratulations, we're done. <laughs> that was easy. All right, so we're going to cut to break right now. And uh, just to make sure Kathy can cut to break, she's on the phone writing everything down. But we're going to cut to break. We have a couple more beers from them coming up that are absolutely delicious. And we have so much more to go through. Uh, really, Oh, wow. We are really lighting up. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> I can see the board now right in front of me. But, uh, no, there's just so much with them. And the brewery is fantastic. And whoever wins this giveaway, you're very lucky. No Gwyneth Wait, Paltrow's wh- were hurt <laughs> in, in, in the giving of this prize box. I just want to put that out there. Well, no, but maybe something, some other reason she was hurt. Because I know a lot of people have not been happy with her. As She's a- hurt because she didn't win it. <laughs> That's why. But, uh yeah, on that, can you can you get Kathy's attention? All right, we're going to cut the break. We'll be back soon. Beer Geeks. Cheers. Have okay. you been searching for the perfect engagement ring or an exquisite gift for a special occasion? Rainbow Jewelers is where you'll find it. Rainbow Jewelers, consistently voted the number one jeweler in the Wyoming Valley, has a large selection of GIA and EGL certified diamonds, engagement rings, necklaces, bracelets, and earrings. Rainbow Jewelers also has wedding bands, birthstone jewelry, mother's rings, all high quality at the best price. Plus, they sell citizen brand watches and offer jewelry repairs. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesdays through Saturday. For most companies, internet speeds are a game of chance. Like the phone company offering up to internet speeds. Chances are, up to means that speed is not available depending on your location. With Comcast Business, your business's internet connection speed isn't left to chance. That's because the speeds we offer are available across our entire network. No games, no chance. Game over. So call 866-704-8952 and get 25 megabit internet for $69.95 a month. Not up to the speed you pay for, all the speed you pay for. Comcast Business, built for business. Offer ends September 30th, 2015. Restrictions apply. New business customers only. Two-year contract required. Early termination fees apply. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. Requires subscription to business voice and TV services. Call for details. Wyoming Valley Motors. Making good deals. Making good friends. Cruise through the summer in style and get to the BMW Mission to Drive sales events at Wyoming Valley BMW. Right now, lease the 2015 320i X-Drive sedan for only $289 per month. The 320i has lean road steady styling, exceptional performance, and is best in class efficiency. Combine that with X-Drive, BMW's intelligent all-wheel drive system, and the road is yours. But hurry, the BMW Mission to Drive sales event is only happening through July 31st and only at Wyoming Valley BMW, Market Street, Kingston. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. 36 monthly, 10,000 miles per year, zero security deposit, $795 acquisition fee, $3,000 down, $4,084 due at signing. Wyoming Valley Motors, making good deals, making good friends. If you're looking to get cash for your broken and unwanted jewelry, go to a reputable jeweler who's been in business for a long time, not one that appeared because the price of gold went up. Bring your broken and unwanted jewelry to Rainbow Jewelers. They're professionals and deal directly with the refiner. 
Rainbow Jewelers will tell you what your gold's really worth and pay you what it's really worth. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesday through Saturday. One of my favorite songs right here, buddy. Going back old school now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we're getting all sexified in here now. (laughs) Ah. Well, we are back here on Beer Geeks, WYLK, after a phenomenal interview with Brewmaster Thomas Larson from Ska Brewing Company. It's a great time talking to him, and it was nice. it's nice to get someone who's energetic, and you know he's calling from an earlier time, because I don't know if I'm even that energetic now in this time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was really good, and I really dove into a lot with that brewery, and there, there's so many things going on, and they're definitely continually growing. You know, as of right now, they're kind of a regional brewery, but they have so much demand, especially, you said, for Modus Operandi, and, and you have one sip of that, and you know why the demand keeps going going up for that beer because it's really solid in a in a world in a world <laughs> that is filled with American IPAs. <laughs> There's really stands head and shoulders. That'd be the worst movie ever made. <laughs> but there, there's really stands head and shoulders above a lot of them and it's just a really solid, easy drinking one. And uh, we're following that up now. We have, like I said, we're going to be messing around with the lineup that I normally would do for going in order. But we have their Mexican lager now, which is an American pale lager. But it actually kind of really is nice following that up because it, it kind of complements some of the stuff. It's lighter, and it's a little bit of a fruity note to it, but you get that, that really subtle spicing. It, it's it's just a really light. This is one you would give to someone that you're trying to get into craft beer is coming from that macro beer thing. And it, it's got a wonderful flavor punch to it, but it's definitely another light, very super easy drinking beer. It's 5.2%. Yeah, it's total gateway right there, baby. You totally. If I gave this, if you blind uh, gave this somebody blind, they'd obviously get more more out of it, a crisper yeah. taste, a better you know feel from it. But it, it's the closest gateway um, lager. Yeah, L O G G E R. By the way, lager. Because that's, <laughs> that's the the biggest thing that you have when you're trying to get people that are you know coming into craft beers, trying to find that thing that's not because that, that you know for us here and, and most of you listening that are they're into all of this know that the reason that we're drinking craft beer is for flavor and then that's what you want out of it but that's what puts some people off mm-hmm. trying to get into it so when you're trying to get a friend into craft beer and you're trying to push onto them your favorite double ipa or imperial stout like that's it's too much for them it, it, it's just way too much and you got to kind of find that really subtle gateway beer that maybe you don't even like anymore maybe you're kind of over lighter beers and it's not your thing and or whatever whatever your reason is like you, you need to find like a lighter beer to get someone into it you, you, you almost get blinders on sometimes when you get so deep into mm-hmm. it, thinking, oh, this beer is so good. Yeah. And and you give it to somebody, you'd be like, oh, try this. And they're like, what what is this? Yeah. It's not because it's data can't enjoy it. It's just you've, you've learned yeah. to appreciate those flavors. What, what you think is like a subtle flavor might not be a subtle <laughs> no. flavor to somebody else. And then, and like, I, you, we've seen it happen here. And we used to have like some people would come in randomly and, you know, giving them, and like, I remember. I, I can't. Freddie would remember. I remember the, the one girl we had. It was a the girlfriend of somebody in the corner, and we gave her some IPA, and it wasn't even like an aggressive. And her face curdled so <laughs> fast, and she was like in fetal position, and it was just done with. And and to us, it was like, oh, I thought that would have been fine for you to drink. <laughs> but like, it's just sometimes you you really do. No matter how much you're into it, you really get those blinders where you're not aware of the fact that. Oh my, this is going to be too much for somebody else. So you kind of have to go back to thinking of those beers that got you into in the first place. Because if you went back and switched roles, you know, did a little uh, vice versa with, uh, oh God, I was going to make a reference. I can't think of his oh. name now. 
damn it, it would have been good too. <laughs> but uh, you're going to flip roles with them and kind of see what's going on. You, you kind of have to take that in mind. Like, all right, they're coming at it from not having a clue. Their palate isn't developed. They've, they're they're coming at it from you know something that tastes more like water. Yeah. So you can't give someone. I don't know, sugared, souped-up Gatorade if they've only been drinking water their whole life. And they're like, what the hell? And like, just completely put off. So you got to find those really light ones. That's why I love seeing when a brewery will do that. And it's good. It's not just, oh, this is a gateway, and then you're going to move on. Like, No, it's a gateway beer, but it's good to have something to go back to. Like, You're going to always have that to fall back on because no matter what, how much you love these bigger beers, you want to have something sometimes. You need a break. You need to stimulate your palate rest. And it's good to have some. It still has flavor, but it's a lot lighter and much less aggressive. And that's why this one kind of works, even though we're kind of jumping around on, on styles today. It, you, you, even in the short term, you reset. And then you go from there and then go with something a little bit bigger. And I like bouncing around every now and then, not necessarily going in order. Yeah. It, it, and it's also, it, for this, the bouncing around actually works to our favor because, like, right now, it just cracked open. We have, this is another, it came out last year, I believe. This is a... Uh, the Rudy Session IPA. I those, love that. Those who are into Scott will get that one totally right yeah. away. But this is their, their Session IPA, 4.5%. Now, we've seen a lot of breweries get into the whole Session IPA thing. And this was one I remember as soon as they, they came out with it, you started to see a lot of buzz around this one as it being one of the best Session IPAs out there. And that's, you know, a lot of breweries have now gotten into that and kind of fallen into that well. And then they're, they're making a variation on, them, on their own. And they're not always successful. Sometimes they come across, as we said on here before, as hop water. Like you want to have something that that drinks like a regular IPA. Like that's that's the goal for a session IPA. At least that that's how I feel about it. Is you want to have something that's sessionable, lower ABV, but still drinks like a regular IPA. That has all of the ticks, all those same boxes. Has a nice mouthfeel. Has a hot presence, but it isn't very water like. And that's a tough trick to pull off. Like, you need to have a skilled brewer to be able to pull that kind of thing off. And they did pull it off in spades, man. You know, delicious. Got a nice hot profile there. A little bit of malt and super drinkable. Nice mouthfeel. It's got some, like, really nice tropical fruit notes. Which yeah. I, I, lo- I love that. Like, a lot of the new hop riles, that's, you know, for a while we saw it was all citrus. That was all you could find was citrus bomb IPA. That's what everybody, yeah. I'm sure, probably is that probably exists. So they just said that. And probably is a beer. <laughs> name citrus, citrus bomb, bomb IPA. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. But it's just, it's nice now seeing where a lot of them are going with the the tropical fruits, and we were saying before at the top of the hour, getting into the Australia and New Zealand, that's where a lot of those profiles are coming in. They're getting like these hops that have blueberry and strawberry and all these interesting fruit notes that we haven't seen. And that's kind of like when we were talking about, um, we're talking the, to um, to the brewer from Ska, he was we're talking about the East versus West. Yeah. That's why that, that, that line is blurred now. It's not, it's not. Citrus, yeah, it used to be pine. Now yeah. you have stone fruits and, and and you know tropical fruits, kiwi and all kinds of great stuff going on. It's not as cut and dry. To- Toir is that what they call it? Toir. Toir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's so much going on now, and then they're, they're crossbreeding hops. And there's varietals coming on. There's there's beers that are coming out now that are hitting the market on a mass scale with hops that aren't even named yet. They're still they're they're released. Like you'll see some of these hops that'll have. Weird number six X nine yeah, yeah. and like look like a football like, player. Going to see Star Wars or are we doing, what are we doing here? And all that is is that they haven't even named the hop yet. It's it's gone. It took off that quick, 
and and breweries wanted it that quickly that they just kind of pushed it through and then they got them. And that's what a lot of hop growers are now keeping up with that kind of demand. And they're able to experiment now and get into all these things that, you know, for a while it was kind of they were stuck because of, you know, their main supply, their main buyers were large. We have to have noble hops. Yeah. No, and, everything's noble. And it's got to all taste <laughs> yeah, the same. Yeah. We can't have any risk of something tasting. It had to be. It, it was. I don't want to poo-poo on anybody, but it's like when you go to like a large coffee company, uh, maybe you look up in the sky and see them and it costs a couple bucks. <laughs> How's <Wah>. that? <laughs> <laughs> if you notice, a lot of the coffee tastes exactly the same. And the reason for that is they have to buy coffee from all over the world, but they roast it and burn the crap out of it mm. to make it all taste uniform. Is that DHE? DHE. No, never mind. <laughs> but they, they, they roast it to yeah, all have yeah, a similar yeah, yeah. taste profile. <laughs> and that's really what you want to have for that because if you're going to be selling this on a large scale, you want to have that uniformity. And that's what you started to see with a lot of larger breweries. They had to have that uniformity. There was no today. But there was none of those subtleties in it. It was just kind of lost. And that's what's great with this craft beer renaissance is like seeing these these subtleties coming in and out all these wonderful takes on hops and these fruit flavors that some people never even tasted the fruits, let alone now they're getting them in their hops. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, there's a hop coming out that tastes like coconut. Wow. That's ridiculous. That's they're, like, they're just really, they I, really have honed in now what they're doing and yeah. they're able to. They have the money to, which yeah. is awesome to see that because, you know, for a while they were only able to do, this is what I have. And they put this in the ground. Let me wait. Okay, it's done. Here you go. All right. And they put this in the ground. <laughs> and then it was just like over it. And like now they can kind of crossbreed things, what flavors we're getting out of that. And they have, like, I mean, I've, I've never gone to, I've heard of like the people I know have gone to like hop growers and they've been able to taste and, and sample all of these array of, of just amazing hops that, that will never become available, some of them, because they just can't get it to sustain itself. Like, yeah. that's the issue with crossbreeding and stuff. Sometimes, I think you kind of get inbreeding maybe a little bit, and it just kind of... <laughs> Where's There's that so line? There's so many jokes Where's that can be said right now. <laughs> Where's, the pun, on, where's the, the pun air. on the royal family? Where's... <laughs> Oh, uh, but no, that's what's great with that. And like seeing these IPAs that are now coming out that have this ability is just amazing. And it's just going to continue to grow as much as some people, you know, moan and groan about IPA. Okay. But there is some excitement in it in that you are going to start getting flavors that you never had before, let alone like some of the, the blending that's been going on and other things that are happening with that style. It's interesting to see where it's going. And most of it is just driven by the hops that are now available. It's, it's a lot of, I think, people, like, they want to, they were following a recipe, not maybe on purpose, but they were just doing stuff that everybody's continually doing over and over, the same pattern with the same kind of beers, and now it's getting to a point where they just don't care anymore, so they're just throwing stuff against the wall to see if it sticks, you know, they're probably not landing, a lot of it isn't sticking, but they're coming up with new, interesting stuff with mixture, like the, the Modus Operandi, there's such a great malt base there that... It, 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 it's you wouldn't see that back in the day. Someone would be like, no. "Oh, that's that's a horrible beer. That's made yeah. badly." No, it's not. It's just you're not used to it. And I think this is a lot more open mindedness from within the IPA crowd to every other crowd. Yeah, that would be so fun to get in a time machine and take some of these beers back. Wow! And just see people like, "What?" They burn you at the stake because you're a witch. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "What are you doing?" I just think of Jolly Pumpkin when we had Jolly. Oh Pumpkin yeah, on. <laughs> I don't know, all the calls he got like, "Your beer skunk." Like, no, it's not it's supposed to. Be that. <laughs> I had to go through the whole explanation every. Every time. <laughs> All right. Well, we just cracked open our last one. Now, this is really in like the aroma. Everything about this is so awesome. This is their Estival Cream Stout. 
Now, what this is, this is really interesting. It is aged on sweet orange peels. So it's a stout aged on sweet orange peels, kind of making it more of a summer stout. So you get like these notes of like coffee and, and chocolate. This is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a creamsicle. It's coffee ice cream with... Um Marshmallow fluff and um, orange zest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really, that's not suck. That doesn't suck. And it's five point eight percent. Drink so easy. This is like really. Is this available in our? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make it. I might just go chug a six-pack of this right now. <laughs> no, this is like, for summer, too, especially those who love stouts and, and you know, try to keep within uh, drinking dark beers in the winter, it's nice to have a good dark beer available in the summer, and this is a summer one for them, and it's incredible. I love the can, too. Yeah, I love their, their artwork in general. It, like, really stays in. Like, you can tell, that's why I was asking, you can tell they really love the ska genre because they are very in tune with what the the artwork and the ethos of that that is with everything that they do and it's just really cool to see everything that they're doing and this is a really interesting one they actually do a, they have a mint version of this too which is also really awesome like a mint stout a couple of weeks ago ed actually said how would you feel if somebody made a sessionable imperial stout there it is there it is <laughs> and it's delicious mm-hmm. it drinks like it's 10 12 yeah. percent almost but it's not it's five and change it's ridiculous it's just nice it's 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 one of those things like you wouldn't think like if you had a good stout you would never think this might be a little better with some oranges like you wouldn't have that thought but it works so yeah, well it does it, it really works does. so it, it just really tastes like a nice creamsicle with it's like a chocolate like orange candy thing like a truffle or yeah, whatever like, you know what I mean it's, it's, it's a like, sweet orange it's not yeah. like that bettering rind yeah. it's, it's yeah. a nice kind of sweet yeah it really ta- it tastes like a creamsicle like it has those notes of like a creamsicle a with a, yeah with, with like subtle hints of coffee in the back and it's like uh, the mouth feels ridiculous. Yeah, it's silky. Yeah, we 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 end on a, another high note from this brewery. This is another phenomenal beer, and it, it's great empty. to see Matt like drink it all. <laughs> There's none like none left. It's great to see a brewery with it that, that's known for having you know a world class IPA and it stands up, but they also nail a lot of other home runs out of there, and it's just so so good. So I mean, this is definitely one if you are able to get anything from Ska Brewing, do it. Uh, if you're going on any kind of road trip about the Colorado for whatever reason, that's on you. Uh, stop by and visit them if you remember. <laughs> yeah. But no, they they are a phenomenal brewery, worth a stop by. Definitely pick up any of these beers that we had today. Modus operandi, I'm sure you are well aware of because that is the beer that this brewery really is built a name on. But Estable Cream Stout is just absolutely phenomenal to me. I, I'm so happy we ended on this. And just, and you know what I'm getting? Like, as I'm, this is, there's a little bit of honey in there, too. I think the um, the technical term is redonkulous. I think that's <laughs> actually... That is a scientific term. Yes. So, unfortunately, we are uh, up against it, as we usually are on this show, because we have too much fun and we drink. So, we're usually up against it. Who's next week? Next week, Southern Tier Brewing Company. Nice. Brewmaster Dustin Hazer is going to be joining us, talking about a lot of their phenomenal beers, and you need no introduction to Southern Tier. You know you don't. So until next week, keep on drinking. We know we will. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
changed her mind Well, I should have known it wouldn't be all right But I can't live without her So I won't even try If I get drunk, well, I'll pass out on the floor now, baby You won't bother me no more And if you're drinking, well, you know that you're my friend And I'll say, I think I'll have myself a beer Get your 